This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, let's do a podcast here. Uh, Jerry is continuing his uh, lengthy vacation. And I'm joined by the Eddie Scazzeri. Uh, welcome, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Yes, welcome to the podcast people. Uh, so yesterday I took uh, my dog on the beach, and mm-hmm. uh, she was uh, running her. You know, she wanted to do, like, dog zoomies, those yes. things. Um, and so I thought, you know, we were way down the beach by the water, and I thought I could I could take her off the leash. Although the Greyhound people will tell you never take them off the leash. But I see a lot of these Greyhounds on, like, Instagram and stuff off the leash, mm-hmm. and they're fine. Um, she generally stays right by my side anyway, but she was like getting hyper. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to take her off the leash. And so she did zooming in and out, in and out, in and out and all good. She went in the water was fine. But I started to think, you know, when I had first tried this a couple times, uh, she has darted towards the, up towards the road. Mm-hmm. And when I'm walking her on a leash, she has absolutely no concept that a car would crush her. And yet other times dogs appear very smart. And I don't know what... This is why I don't understand dog brains. What do we expect of dogs? Do we expect that they know stuff? Do we assume they don't know stuff? Where do I draw the line with this dog? A dog is smart enough to let you know, hey, the milk bone's up there on the mm-hmm. fridge. How about one of them? But we'll always walk in front of a car. Well, not always. It depends yeah. on how they've been trained. Right. So exa- exactly. So the the dogs for the blind, they're not going to walk in front of a car. Right. So they can be taught. Yes, they can. They can be taught to guide people uh, around obstacles. Yeah. Uh, even like if, if the dog who is, you know, its head is what, two feet, uh, two and a half feet above the ground. They are trained if they see a certain, like a low-hanging, you know, branch or wire that they would certainly pass under no problem. They are aware when they're trained as a as a, a guide dog to alert their person. Hey, there's an overhead obstacle. Somehow, really, to guide them around it so they don't hit their head, which is amazing to me. And the the last stage of the training is intelligent disobedience which is the toughest one where they the trainer will intentionally tell the dog to go forward knowing that there's a car coming and the dog has to override that because it sees the danger and not just blindly obey and that's called intelligent disobedience and that's the toughest and the last hurdle for the the dog uh the guide dog so even though the owner is saying let's go the dog right. saying, I see an automobile coming. Correct. So those dogs obviously are trained to avoid the obstacles. But then again, it's not necessarily, and again, this is getting into the dog's brain. Yes, it's dog's not, brains. N- not necessarily for their own protection. It was what they were trained to do. It's not that they recognize this is a danger. 
It is, this is what my training tells me to do. So this is what I do. And that training is, it's reinforced by just love and affection and positive, not like, you know, that's why we never treat trained um, when we had the pups and they don't because the dog has to do it just out of, for love and affection is the reward and telling them a good boy, good job or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's a, it's a difficult thing to sort of get inside a dog's yeah walnut sized brain. Yes, because they do certain things that seem very smart. And then mm-hmm. they, and then you'll see, you'll see, like, I'll see videos. I see all these videos now because I, I must have liked a couple of dog things. So now I get all these dog videos, mm-hmm. you know, and very smart dogs. There's one, one dog I was looking at today. I think it's over in England, this dog. Dog has a, is in a yard all day by himself. Mm-hmm. But the dog has learned to uh, climb up the fence to, to be able to look over the fence because it's not a fence you could see through. It's like mm-hmm. a, a, mm-hmm. a brick fence, has a tennis ball and drops it. And just waits and stares at it, knowing that people walking by will see the dog staring at the ball and then will throw it over the fence. And will play with them. Then the dog gets it and then waits for the next person right. to come by. So that is a do- that dog's brain knows I w- by me dropping this ball here over this fence and waiting for and it. And looking cute. And- yes, someone will help right. me. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an amazing thing. And... The relationship between dog and man is long, you know, thousands of tens of thousands of years at least. You know, as early as, say, 18,000 years ago, and some estimates go back 30,000 years to when dog and man started living together and having relationships, you know, uh, mutually beneficial relationships. And the dog pack how the wild dogs lived and wolves and all that and their social structure is amazingly similar to human structure and then it's like who trained who did we mimic the dog pack structure or did they mimic ours and it's a really it's a fascinating thing if you've you know this is what i do with my free time yeah i go and research you know the man dog relationship you know back through the thousands of years but why aren't we doing more dog brain research in how we relate to humans well it it, there is a lot out there believe it or not and that that dogs can pick up on human facial expressions and will sort of you know mimic human things and they do certain things with their head and their eyes and their tails and everything else that they can communicate with us. You know that, being a dog owner. Yeah. That you can get signals from the dog just by, like, their facial expressions. Yeah, I don't even like, like, the other day, uh, I was arguing with Gina on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I didn't want to upset Whimsy. Sure, yeah. And when I get angry or frustrated uh, at home about anything and I exclaim, you know, or curse or, you know, say F or whatever, um, it's, uh, I know my... my oldest dog quail she gets upset when i'm upset so i really try to limit it yeah or if i do i'll say hey you know it's okay girl you know it's all right so you know because they she doesn't like it when people are angry right and they'll say dogs even know like if you're sick or not feel or you're sad sure. and you're, absolutely they totally pick up on that that they pick up on it yeah mm-hmm. but yet like my dog will eat like a piece of rubber that she finds on the street be sick for two days and then do it again. The ne- yes, like right. th- that doesn't register in their mm-hmm. brains, right? This is what we need more research done on. Yeah, well, I mean, there's constant research being done. Yeah, it's a it's a long and complicated history of coevolution between man and dog. Between, just like Mike Tyson said, between man and pigeon. Uh-huh. Also, right. many years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then the other, then the birds. We have these African gray birds that can do amazing mm-hmm. things although are they just mimicking or are they understand or is their bird right. brains understanding and, and the, the birds who can speak it's yeah and, yeah and, and you know dolphin intelligence and yes the dolphins intelligence of the, the uh, other great apes it's you know it's amazing my sister my one sister she is not a vegetarian or vegan by any means but she will not eat pork because she feels the pigs are too intelligent to yeah, eat um they are. It's 
sad. But like cows are not intelligent. At, not as. No, not as. Pigs are. Yeah. Yeah. She says pigs are like very smart animals. Mm-hmm. So she that will is, not eat a pig. That is true. Maybe I shouldn't eat pigs yeah, anymore. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, you know, you want to dwell and think about it. It's, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't eat animals. But again, we are evolved omnivores. We are. Have been, you know, consuming animal flesh for, you know, millions of years. Um, as hominids, not homo sapiens, but going back to our, you know, lineage through the years, it's what we are. We are meat eaters. And, well, we're omnivores. We eat both. Omnivores. We, you know, we eat whatever it is to survive. No, I didn't, never understood these, uh, well, there were dinosaurs like this, but in Florida, there were a manatee where mm-hmm. I lived. They eat lettuce. Yeah. How are they keeping a big fat body by not by just eating lettuce? Well, this these were plants. the ones in captivity, right? Yeah, but but in the ones in the wild, I guess eat vegetation. Yeah, or kelp or kelp, seaweed, yeah. whatever. How much must they be consuming to stay yeah, a lot? An enormous size. And think about a blue whale, the largest yes. creature you know ever to live. The blue whale. It's a hundred feet long. And consumes tons of krill and, you know, plankton. You know, these microscopic or yeah. very small shrimp and other plankton Shrimps. of, uh, you know, uh, plant plankton and, you know, the other small, tiny, tiny animals and, you know, just tons. Tons of it. Crazy. No, it seems like a smart animal. Uh, we went to, I think you were, yeah, you were with us, uh, me, you, and Gina. The Atlanta went, Aquarium. Yeah. That mm-hmm. big white uh, whale. The beluga. The beluga whale. Mm-hmm. That thing seems smart. Sure. And I, I when I was on a, a trip um, to Baja on a small uh, cruise vessel, Lindlad, shout out, uh, we got to go into Zodiacs and went out amongst gray whales. And they came mother and calf right up to the boat. And were curious and looked you in the eye, and that was like there was something there, <laughs> right? You know, there was something in the eye. You could see yeah. a spark of curiosity, of you want to call it friendship, recognition, something. Yes, and they allowed you to touch them. Really, but you know, you go back a hundred fifty years when they were being hunted. They saw people in boats. And they would come and flip them if they could. Is that right? Because they were being hunted. But now it's been so many years since they've been hunted in that area that, uh, you know, it's a different relationship now. Do you think uh, animals have souls? Well, um, I would say that animals, whatever it is, whatever the spark of life or creation that's in us, I believe to uh, a certain extent also exists in in animals and perhaps in all living things plants whatever they have some semblance of whatever the spark of life is now not i don't necessarily believe in the soul of like you know in terms of biblical terms but i want to believe i don't know if i truly do but that there's something yeah that there's something else you know that just could be a you know a, a wishful thinking you know, so, you know, after we're gone, it's just not nothingness and, you know, you would never even know anything. But who the hell knows? I, I, I don't know. But I, I want to believe that, yes, there's some spark or some essence to us that is beyond the uh, corporeal that we experience. I tell you the story of my sister when she worked at the vet hospital, the veterinary hospital. She said she she was like in high school, I think. Mm-hmm. And she said um, she had to hold uh, a cat that they had to put yeah. to sleep. And like she said, something left the room when that when the cat passed. Mm-hmm. Like some sort of soul type. Like this sure. this, this thing was here. Yeah. And then something right. non physical was gone. Yep. You know the cat's the body is all still sure. there. Yeah, and many people have that yeah. similar experience. And that could just be based on your beliefs that you sort of invent that. Um, you know, just like people with these, uh, you know, near-death experiences. Yeah. You know, what is that? Is it real? Is it expectation? Is it 
what you believe, what you've been told, what you've heard about. And is it, you know, you're just brain in that stage of like, you know, almost checking out your brain is still active for a while at least. And is that just things firing off in there? And no one really knows, obviously. Yeah. But again, like, uh, you know, no one's come back and told us about it. Yes. In, you know, some sort of a, like a real proof like the Howard Stern had with someone who, I forget uh, who. Valerie Harper. Mm-hmm. Right. They were, she was going to give him a password, and then when she died, she would get it to him. Right. He says he's, she's never uh, returned with the, the password. The, right, exactly. So they're trying. Yes. The scientists are out there trying. Oh, Mr. Howard Stern, a scientist. Yeah. And plenty of charlatans out there trying yes. to make people believe because they prey on people's sadness and desperation and, and beliefs. One more dog question for you, sure. then I'll move on to a couple other things. Um, does... This is what I always wonder with the dog. So I leave the dog when I come to work. Mm-hmm. And the dog, she's by herself. Yep. I do have a dog walker comes in, walks the dog. Okay, but I'm gone from her. I come back home. Let's say I eat some lunch. I take her for a walk. I come back and then I leave again. Let's say I want to go to a store. Do you think the dog's like, oh, he just got back and now he's leaving again? Or is it a fresh new... Have I hit the reset button when I appeared? Uh, I think it's more of a reset button. And they don't do. experience time like we do. Like you you leave for 20 minutes or you leave for four hours. I don't know that there's much of a difference in the animal's brain. Yeah. You know what I mean? They rec- yeah. They recognize when you go. They recognize when you come back. Yes. They're sad when you go. They're happy when you come back. But that... You know, oh my God, it's been four hours, or I, I think it's kind of the same, you know, 20 minutes, or, you know. Yeah, that's four for sure. Hours. Right. If I'm gone all day, let's say I'm gone eight hours door to door. And, or if I go 20 minutes to the supermarket, she's just as hyped up. Yes. When I get back. Now, when I, if I go outside after I've been, you know, come back home, now my little different because my wife's home. Yeah. So they're not alone. And they also have each other. Right. Which Whimsy does not. So that helps uh, in terms of whatever, you know, if they feel loneliness. Right. Um, So, but if I come home and then I just go out to say move the recycle can back, that in their brain, that's a short enough duration to where when I come back in the house, they're not like, oh my God, where have you been? But if I leave for... 10 minutes to you know run to the post office then the reset has been hit <laughs> so there's some sort of a time frame yeah not that they're recognizing but is the reset button hit or not right and it's a very small I, I think there's a small window between going to move the garbage cans and, and if you would have got stuck out there talking to a neighbor for right. a few minutes although Oftentimes, if I know I'm going to be in and out to minimize whatever anxiety they might be feeling, I will leave the inner door open so they can see out of the storm door. Yeah. And that also is some sort of a trigger in them. Oh, he's he's there. He's right outside. And oftentimes my youngest, Raymond, will stand there and just watch. So he's aware that oh they'll go to the window and so they kind of know that I'm there so the reset is not hit. Yeah, I've been trying to s- set up signals like that myself with the dog. So if I'm gonna r- run out to just to take the garbage out because she can't see me at all, mm-hmm. I'll leave the like I have my condo do- door and then I have the building door. Yes, I'll leave my condo door open. Right, because I don't have a lot of action coming in and right, out. Right, so. Right. And people in the building probably know. Yeah, but I'm trying to send the signal to her. I'm not shutting yes. the door. Hey, I'm that, coming right back. That's just what I do. And know? then and then even if I'm putting my shoes on and I'm not taking her out, I'll put my shoes on on the couch, even though she could see me putting the shoes But if I put my shoes on sitting down near the door, mm-hmm. then she knows it's Oh yeah, it's go yeah. time. And, and they, like my dogs do the same thing when I, you know, like say on, on the weekend – you know, when I, you know, get up and have the, the, you know, get the coffee and start the day, it's a different, their their expectation is, okay, breakfast soon. 
And then after, you know, we'll get up, have breakfast, my breakfast, the whole thing. Then I go shower. And then when I come down from that and I put the shoes on, then they're up because then they know walk time. Right. We did all this other stuff first. All right. And then they, that's a trigger for them is coming downstairs dressed and they can, you know, see that I've got jeans on instead of pajamas. And yeah. But yeah. Do they pick up on that? Stuff? Oh, well, like sure. Jeans versus pajamas. Oh, yeah. 100%. And then you come down in the, the shoes, and then they know it's go time. The worst is when, uh, like, I will have just walked the dog because we're, I'm preparing to go somewhere. So I said, let me walk the dog. To, I walk the dog. I bring her back. It takes me a little while to get my stuff together. I go to leave, and she gets all excited that she's going right. out again. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, I do the same thing. Like, when we're either myself or both of us, yeah. my wife, are going to leave the house. And I'll, I'll say, I say to them, I say, Daddy has to go out, and then you immediately see the little droop sadness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like so funny. Or like yesterday, I had to take Cooper to the vet yeah. for a vet visit. Also, just one dog's leaving. Correct. Oh, that's gotta be tough. Uh, yeah, that's that's worse because then they, you know, I'm not saying Daddy has to go out, and then I'll just say just Cooper, and then that they don't cue in on yeah. immediately. They know Daddy, Daddy has to go out. They know they're not coming, and they get the little <laughs> the droopy sad face, but. Uh, with and if it's just the one, they're very confused. And like, I, why does I, he get to go? You're right, and I never, we never try to, we never just take two and leave one home, especially Raymond, because then it's like, what the f? Right, where yeah. is everybody? Now I'm going to chew some crap because <laughs> I'm pissed. Right, so really, at least they're with another Correct. dog that and they could go. They're, they're not singled out. The hell is going on right. here? I would think sometimes, even if you had to go to, well, you probably can time out your vet visits if they're just checkups all at one time. Uh, or no? We have taken, um, we have had to take two at a time. Yes. Yeah. Usually we try to do it solo. Um, oh, so you just, just pluck one out of the family. Uh, yeah. And it's also just to easier remember what the hell they're telling you. If, if there's something like Cooper had like a little skin rash. Yeah. So he went and now, you know, so I have to get pay attention. To, like, you know, if you take two, then it's like, okay, what what was this one? Right. <laughs> Which know, one had the skin Even though they write rash. it all out for you, it gets confusing. Right. And Cooper is so happy when he goes to the vet. You know, he's like, he's happy to go anywhere. He's always happy. All of my dogs are always happy. They love going anywhere, and they never mind going to the vet, even if they have, like, blood drawn or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, they don't that. care. And he's, like, going in. He's, like, loving up all the technicians, jumps right on the scale, jumps on the rising table. <laughs> and then he's so happy. Like, he had, they had to have two uh, two of the techs hold him, not because he was angry or afraid, but just because he was just banging his tail against the thing, you know, just trying to lick everybody. Yeah. He's just so happy. You know, other dogs, they when they know they're going to the vet, they oh, go in panic mode. Some my sister's dogs... She has to trank them, and her big shepherd, she tranks them and muzzles him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some dogs are like that. Yeah. Very anxious and fearful. Yeah, especially I think if you're not one who brings your dogs in the car a lot, and the only time you mm-hmm. go in the car is is uh, a trouble for the right. dog, then right. that yeah, sets up for a And disaster. that's why with the seeing eye, you know, we're, as soon as we get the pups is seven weeks old, Everywhere we go, in the car, in the wheel well, because that's where they sit for the blind person. Yeah. Um, so they are so accustomed to car travel, it's never a problem. And then we've got Raymond, who is not a seeing eye. It was just a, that's Sammy Steinlight downstairs. By oh, the way, right. Oh, the, okay. Uh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I told him it was going to be a while. Okay. Um, he's He picks up on, you know, their lack of anxiety. So that helps him. He's not then afraid. Yeah. All right. Well, this was a topic. This was a podcast called All About Dogs. Now, did you have another thing? I had no other dog-related oh. things. Uh, so let's just uh, cut it here, and we'll save or, these for next time. Or in a follow-up on yesterday's end of podcast topic with the hot water and the and Oh, yeah. The there was hot water in the toilet. No more. Oh, back to cold. Back to cold. Unless, you know, I used it earlier, mm-hmm. you know, about whatever, 4 o'clock in the morning. Unless it's sort of a daytime for only potential bougie butts to enjoy, you know, the managers when they get here, which I I don't think so. I think it was just some sort of a temporary thing. Yeah, I bet somebody in maintenance was like, this water is hot. We connected the wrong thing. 
the cold water for a while for yeah. whatever reason. Oh, that you're right. That could be as well. Yeah. All right. So, well, so but, you're back uh, to cold water. Back to back to so that 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 little dream is over. The dream of having warm toilet water by your butt mm-hmm. has ended. Yeah. All right. We'll see you tomorrow on a Friday warm up show. We'll uh, be uh, CeeLo again. CeeLo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Jerry will be back Monday. Until then. See when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long. And most days it doesn't suck. Oh, hi there, Al Dukes here. Jerry Recco is uh, continuing his uh, early December vacation. He is lazy, although he does have a Dallas Cowboys tonight, Cowboys Saints. So CeeLo joins me. Good morning, Zoo. What up, Al? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing terrific because baseball's locked out, which I love. I love it. I love when sports uh, can't figure things out on their own, like when uh, the uh, people are getting paid $50 billion to uh, go two innings mm-hmm. and they can't figure out how to uh, make it work. I love it. You love that? Shut it down. Yeah. Goodbye. Get lost. Except now you have to talk about it again. No, this is it. This, this is, is it? our one After and only. today, no more baseball no more. talk. No, because it doesn't exist. It's not a sport. Yeah. I guess you're right. Goodbye. No more transactions. All these contracts that have been signed over the last week or so, that's done. Yeah. The Mets, though, can still hire a manager during this. I, so. I hope they don't. Why wow. would you? There's no sport. Well, they kind of need a manager in place well, when wow. this wow. finally gets never settled. Gets, what if it never gets settled? Yeah, I think it'll get settled. Oh, I would love it for not to get settled. As you just outlined, there's love many, it. many millions and billions yeah. of reasons for it to get settled at some point. There is nothing I loved more than baseball when I was in uh, when I was in high school, when I was in uh, grammar school. What year did you graduate high school, Al? Uh, 87. Okay. Colonia High School, shout out. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I moved to Tampa in 94. My first year working down there is when the baseball strike was. And then I legitimately bailed on baseball until I started working here in 2007. So from 94. <laughs> checked out for 13 years. Checked out for 13 years. Legitimately, 13 years checked out. <laughs> Not even kidding. It's like remarkable when, that you parachuted in here to work morning drive in yeah, New York. Parachute. In a big baseball, time, yep. big baseball town. And you had been checked out for 13 years. 13 years. Like when I hear now people go, oh, it reminds me of Tom Glavin. I go, don't even recall Tom Glavin being on the Mets. That was in my checked out period. So anyone that was playing between 94 yeah. and 07 might as well not exist. Gone. As far as you're concerned. Like to me, greatest Mets catcher, Gary Carter. Didn't see Piazza play. Checked out. You didn't see him play? That's right. I mean, I'm aware he hit that home run. You didn't watch the 2000 I Subway saw se- that. Okay. So oh, you're the a 2000 you're Subway yeah. yeah, but checked out for the most part. Like, I couldn't tell you who was on these teams. The Carlos Beltran, uh, Wayne Wright. Yep. Uh, nope. <laughs> no idea what that was, when that was. And then but I you got. Were, wait a second, though. Wait a second. Wait a second. In, in that point, at that point in time, yeah. you're no longer in Tampa. You're back in back New here. York corporate, right? New York? Still whole uh, K Rock corporate, NEW. Still. Holding a grudge against baseball from 94. So the Mets are in the NLCS. Yeah. You're living and working in New York City. Yeah. In radio. Yes. Not sports radio. Not but sports. in radio. You're a apparent Met fan, or so you say. Yeah. And you were not locked in on what was going on. Checked out. You want to check out on me? I check out on you, baseball. <laughs> How about that? I thought yesterday was bad. You strike. On baseball. <laughs> you take a strike in 94. For however long that went on, I did 13 years. Wow. 13 years against you. So what are we looking at now? Well, I got, when I got back here in 2007, I got really, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into the Mets again. I was such into the Mets, and I got so hardcore into it. I was loving the Mets. Mets, 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 Mets. Mets. So what are you going to do now? Are well, you going to check out again? I'm rooting for them to check me out. Check so me out. You're hoping that, so you're, yeah. you really hope that this drags on. I hope it drags on. So that on. you will be afforded the Check out. 
easiness of checking the out. The easy checkout. They forced my hand. Check out. I listened to all the guys who are coming in uh, to Sal Licata. All that's one guy. No, no, I mean the guys who called. Oh, okay. They're all they're all given baseball deadline, which is hilarious. They're like, if if this doesn't end by February, I'm not watching. <laughs> You're not buying okay. It. You're not buying it. But 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 people are looking for a reason to check out a baseball. No, I because we're no, see, I don't. No, I don't think those people are looking to check out. Baseball. I think that they you know they they want to feel like they have some sort of control as the consumer, as the paying customer, and they want to feel like they want to make baseball feel threatened. Because well, then they keep feel, it up. They then, feel threatened that what they love is being potentially taken away yes. from them. So you're you're you come at it from a completely different angle. Threaten me, I'll see you in 13 yeah, years. You're you're in a, you're in your own boat. You're all by yourself. Come at me, I'm a man. Yeah, that's right. I'm 40. I'm 40. By the way, that 40 year old I think still sports a mullet now, and he's in his 50s. <laughs> not <laughs> only a mullet, crisis. but a black dyed mullet. Yeah, like it just yeah, does, clearly that. not his natural hair color. You're right. Yeah, Mike Gundy. Yes, I got to get him here in some sort of a coaching role. Get him on one here. Of these teams. Makes a ton, ton of sense. sense. <laughs> yeah. So go ahead, try me, baseball. Try me. Okay. I held out 13 years last time. That is. Impressive. That is commitment to your cause. Yeah. I will oh, say yeah. that. But I like when a caller's call would be like, uh, you know, this just reminds me of the Mets in 2003. Don't know what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Right. Checked what? out. Fill me in. Educate Fill me, me in. What was this now in 2003? What happened? <laughs> Check me outside, girl. Whatever oh, that one is. Remember that girl? What? Check me outside. Check me outside? I don't know. It was some sort of viral video years ago. I don't remember that one. Not familiar. Oh, yes, it's glorious. So this is a baseball. This is your one day. I don't know what the other shows are going to do. I'm not going to talk about baseball after today until you come back. Maybe. Uh, well, I mean, listen, I don't think anybody's going to talk until there's news. Because right now, if everything's shut down, right, that's the whole, the players yeah. are locked out. There's shut no it transact- down. Shut it down. There's no transactions. So other than the Mets hiring a manager, I, I mean, what is there to discuss? These scallops are raw. Shut it down. What is that from? Uh, a Hell's Kitchen. Oh. Where he was yelling to shut down the kitchen all the time because people oh, were... Oh, that's s- where the shut it down comes yeah. from? Okay. Yeah, because people were sending out raw scallops and raw chicken. Yeah, the chicken a- is raw. Raw seafood, raw poultry. No. It's a bad scene. It'll kill you. Yeah. That's why you shut the kitchen down. That's what baseball did. We're shutting it down. We can't figure out, you know, uh, Max Scherzer making $1.2 million to 1. go uh, three innings. Oh, okay. Shut innings. it down! Shut it down! By the way, just to get so we can get yeah. away from your, you know, shut it down, shut it down. Baseball checkout, depressing. I will negative check you take. out for thirteen years. I'll give you a different negative take. I'm going to nominate Max Scherzer for the worst Zoom frame slash background that I've ever seen. What did he do yesterday on his Zoom call? I just like I understand he was in Dallas because he's repping that he's a player rep and they're there negotiating and whatnot, but. Basically, I guess they pull him out of a meeting for this one o'clock Zoom. I don't know what the setup was. Like, it's not like he was holding his phone because I think your arm would get tired. Yeah. But it was so close to his face that, like, when he put the med hat on, you couldn't even see the (laughs) interlocking NY. Like, you just saw the brim of the blue. Like, he was so close to his face. And then it was like, it was blurry. And then at one point, Scott Boris is standing next to him and, like, there's a shine on Boris's face, I guess, from the sun, and it, it just it just looked. It was like they were in some other land in some other time. It was very strange. Yeah, I walked. And then by. the wind was. He's in the middle of his answer, like, and it's just. <laughs> I walked like, by your desk before I was, and I saw it was like all pixelated. I'm like, yeah, what is this? Right, it's hello. We're a month away from 2022. Here, we've been living in this, you know, Zoom dominated yeah. world for almost two years. Can we figure it out? This concerns me that Max Scherzer can't even figure out Zoom, and we expect him to carry this I guess, franchise. Or you look at it as he's old school. He's a ball player. He can't be bothered with this stuff. Right. You know, he doesn't doesn't care what he looks like. Yeah, doesn't care what he sounds like. Just give me the baseball and let me throw. Unless we lock you out, unless we don't come back. Well, yeah, right now he can't. He can't do. So that. whose fault is this right now? If we had to blame somebody, the Zoom. No, the the uh, the lockout. Oh. Just the 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 uh, owners everyone. are locking. Everyone's it's everyone's fault. Losers, I can't. Yeah, bunch yeah. of losers. I don't know about that. I think it, it's 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 greed. You know, I think in this case, it's a top. We talked about the the, the fact that there's no salary cap and it's sort of just a a free for all. And you have these teams that are willing to spend everything, and the teams that want to spend it. It's just the there's no the middle ground. They need, need to be more of a middle ground. I think. 
And I know for the players, it's about trying to make it so that it's not so top-heavy and getting more representation or fairness for these players that are being paid much less uh, on the early stages of their big league contract, the minor league situation. I, mean, I get all of that, but it, it, when it comes down to these businesses that you pointed out that are billion, multi-billion dollar businesses, it's hard for me to really feel all that bad for right. either side. Listen, here's how you get. Here's how you win the fans back. Steroids. Bring them back. Let's go. Home runs. Let's there's, see these guys jacked there's up. There's plenty of home runs as Muscular it is. guys just jacking balls all over the uh, place. I think we've been down that path. By the way, CeeLo, last week or a week and a half ago, whenever it was, we did a hungerthon around here. Yes. How do we help the players now? These, uh, like, how do we cut Max Scherzer a check to, so he could get by uh, during these tough times? I think Max is all right. Because as Boomer says, they only have such a small window to make $900 million in. And then what? Then where do we leave their families? <laughs> as Patrick Ewing said all those years ago, we make a lot of money, but we spend a lot of money. <laughs> So how do you help That's us? That's one way to look at it. How do you help us today? Yeah, I think Max is okay. This. But the hundreds of guys you've never heard of that are minor leaguers or, you know, low-rung MLB players who are on contracts that don't make them a ton of money, you know, it's probably a bit of a difficult, uncertain time for them. The low-rung guys. Low-rung guys. guys. You know, those guys that are up and down the AAA or they're bouncing around, they get designated for assignment, and then they go sign somewhere else, and they're, you know, hopping around the league to these different teams trying to catch on and hold a spot. Yeah, like Maybe I saw Clint Fraser bit. only signed for $1.2 million. That's I was actually, like, oh, my God, will he be able to survive? But that's actually a lot. It, I mean, that it is. is. Yes, because you have these guys that are under team, you know, you hear about team control, he's under team control. And when you first, you know, your first few years when you come up, baseball, the way it's set up, Teams have the ability to just renew your contract at basically as long as I, I think the rule is as long as it's within 80% of what you may I mean. Now, teams don't usually cut players pay, but in those first few years, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars. And I know people, well, I'd, I'd kill to make oh. 300 grand or 400 grand. And I'm not, again, I'm not trying to overall this. I don't have sympathy for any of this, but you know, these guys, the cost to travel and tip the clubbies, yeah. I mean, it can't be cheap. So to Patrick Ewing's point, they do. They yeah, spend we spend a lot, a lot of money. Of money so. But these guys that, you know, for the first four or five, like Aaron Judge is not even to free agency yet. And he's been around for how long? Now, yeah, you get to arbitration and you make some more money. But it's just the whole system is just it's just Stupid. odd. It's bizarre. Now, the Mets uh, GM Billy Epler talked yesterday. In fact, he was on Carton and Roberts. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just uh, listening to some of that. He says there's a pretty wide list of candidates for the Mets manager. Great. Who, who? Probably some guys we've not heard of. Really? A few we have, I would imagine. I would hope. So a few we have heard of, a few we never heard if of. If it's a wide list, there has to be some some lesser names, some maybe under-the-radar potential diamond-in-the-rough candidates. I'd heard they're looking at one or two guys that had checked out of baseball for 13 years, and they're just going to come back, yeah. and they're going to you see have an if, interview set up? With yeah, the, I do have a Zoom interview. Make and sure I've, your Zoom is a little yeah, cleaner, gonna, crisper. I'm going to hardwire in my yeah, Zoom. Yeah, that's key. Billy uh, Epler also referencing the Vegas odds. Is that right? He likes to look at the Vegas odds to see where his team stacks up. And did uh, we see where the Mets stack up now? I haven't looked, but I think his point was he uses that as sort of a barometer because, hey, Vegas, they have to be tapped in. they got to set these lines because if, you know, they have lines or odds that are not accurate, there's money to be lost. So he likes to see where his team stacks up over the course of multiple years as a gauge for where they're at competitively. All right. I thought that was interesting. That's that fair. In this age of sports gambling that he brought up the Vegas odds he side He checks of it out. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then also yesterday, Max Scherzer channeled his inner Boomer Esiason. Slash Billy Jean King. Yes. Slash Billy Jean King when he said pressure is a privilege. Yes, he did. I had so many people. Pressure is a privilege, not a problem. Not a problem. Yes. I don't have a problem with pressure. It's a privilege to me. And I haven't found it yet, but I guess Steve Cohen referenced some Twitter scuttlebutt at one point. Oh, yeah, he used the word scuttlebutt, yeah. Yes, so uh, very Boomer and Geo-themed Mets Zoom availability Yeah, yesterday. I like that. Yeah. Scuttlebutt references, pressure is a privilege references. The pressure is a privilege. Thing. Yeah! Yeah! But it's it's become, I mean, I, I feel like you hear it at these press conferences all the time. That it's it's yeah. on the list of of like cliche things athletes say now. Not knocking Boomer or Billie Jean King. I feel like you know they made it cool, and now right. it's just something that everybody okay. 
Let me throw that out there. That's the one people like to hear. Pressure is a privilege. Yeah! 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 I'm Boomer Esiason. By the way, uh, good luck uh, keeping Boomer from talking hockey today. I saw him tweet out. Oh, yeah. He what? was there. Big oh, win. He was there. Oh, big win because... Uh, well, he it, hates the Flyers. They won by three. Phillies lost seven in a row. Rangers have won four straight. Then why was he tweeting about the screw the Ranger button has been hit three times tonight? They won. I would imagine he's talking about uh, the game misconduct that uh, wow. Dryden Hunt received, and I'm not sure what else. All right. Well, let's take a break here, CeeLo. When we return, I've got some stuff about Thursday night football. I've got Drake in Oklahoma City. Okay. I've got Daniel Jones's neck. <sighs> I've got LeBron uh, and his COVID situation. I got Mac Jones trying to beat Tom Brady, and I got trying an to interest- be Tom Brady. Beat Tom Brady, not, not beat Tom Brady. No, be, trying to be, be him. Okay, and uh, an interesting Robert Griffin uh, sexual harassment uh, situation. Oh no, which he's was- being accused. No, no, the other way around. No, no, no. Well, let me, well that's a radio, we'll see, radio tease. tease and Boomer we'll Geo at the top of the hour. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. It's my ode to baseball if they check out. Goodbye, stranger. If they check out? You mean if you check out? If they force me to check out. If they force my hand. I love it. You're you're putting the responsibility, you're laying it at their feet. Yeah. Shut it down! Shut it down! The (laughs) end. So we were so focused on the Mets aspect of it. Yeah. Fliegelman make great, makes a great point. Mike Fliegelman, who well, finished up the overnight, headed well, home. You mean like my checkout period of yeah. 94 till 2007? Yeah. he's like, so So Al missed the entire Yankees dynasty. Yeah. He goes, so he must think that A-Rod is the greatest Yankee of the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, and I he was, was like, awesome. Oh, that's a great point. The Joe Torre <laughs> era does not exist in Al Dukes' Not mind. familiar with him. <laughs> uh, I picked it up when Joe Girardi showed up in oh, town. Oh, my God. The great Yankees of that generation don't exist. The guys that you know didn't didn't make it to 2007 don't exist. I will say I did. Uh, I guess not fair to say I completely che- checked out of baseball all those years. Like I did watch the Yankees lose the 2001 World Series after 9/11. Here only that one. You missed all the all the wins. Confirming that Jesus is not involved in sports, or he would have had the Yankees win <laughs> the 2001 World Series right after. The towers. Yeah, it did seem a little cruel and unusual. Very cruel it? and unusual. Yeah. So I checked in a couple times here and there. That sounds like you checked in just. I checked in one there, time yeah. there. Yeah. I was like an uh, a, I was like an uh, uh, snake ex- expansion team oh, beat expansion. the Yankees yeah. after nine eleven. Well, it wasn't what like are we doing? They were an expansion team that year. Get in the mix. Right. Gotta have. It. How are you even aware they existed? Didn't they? Who? St- Arizona. Yeah. I was aware of things. I'm pretty I, sure they began after said strike. I was certainly aware of things. Mm-hmm. So here's the interesting Robert Griffin the uh, story today. Mm-hmm. So he's uh, writing a book with uh, Gary Myers yes. of the Daily News, or has written a book. It's coming out very shortly. I, I think actually it's not due out for about another eight or nine months. Eight or nine months? Yeah. We want, we're interested now. Well, they're wetting your whistle. I'm not going to be in. I'm going to check You're out. Be checked out, yeah. <laughs> I'm Don't worry, che- I'm sure there'll be enough promotion that'll remind you when it's time for it to come out. I'm going to be checked out with books by the time this comes out. <laughs> but in it, uh, he was talking about, uh, or the, the the idea was that this book was going to be about how he witnessed uh, this sexual harassment and all this stuff right. in Washington. So uh, Mike Florio, over a pro football talk, wrote an, uh, an article pretty much saying, you know, it's kind of interesting. Like, if you saw this sexual harassment... yeah. Put your name on it. If you, know, you see something, say if something. If you see something, say something. Yep. So why haven't you said anything? It's kind of interesting. To which then uh, Robert Griffin III responded in a statement saying... A statement? Oh. A little statement was made. And uh, he says, sexual harassment victims should share their stories when they are ready, not when you want them to. The book is not about other people's experiences with sexual harassment in Washington. It's about my experience with sexual harassment in Washington. Okay. 
but no confirmation whether he means his experience seeing it or his experience being sexually harassed. Right. And I don't not wait in eight months for that. Maybe I'm off on that. I thought I, I, th- I thought I saw that it was going to be a while. I that, could be wrong. That's got to be a Christmas release stocking stuffer. You would think so. Yeah. Right. That's now, either a Christmas release or Father's Day because we never know what to get our fathers. Father's Day. Here's a nice book about the Washington football team and their culture of sexual harassment. My father would be Who like, who's Robert Griffin the third? Right. He's or Gary out. Myers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's never checked into sports. Never. Yeah, he's not a sports, not a sports guy. Okay. He would watch. My mom was more sports. Interesting. He would watch when we would watch, yeah. just to you know, he was uh, being a nice family. So man. your mom is the one really that got you into sports. Yeah, my or mom you did loved that on the, your own. No, my mom loved the Mets and my mom liked the Dallas Cowboys. That's how I got into those two teams. How did she feel about you checking out in 1994 on baseball uh, and being gone for 13 years? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I was I was checked out from uh, New Jersey as well. I was down in Florida, <laughs> so I, you know, God knows che- what I was doing. Checked out from your family. I checked out, yeah. I, ch- I saw yeah. them again 13 years later. Hey, guys. Remember <laughs> me? Yeah. I'm going to be working in New York now. I need a place to stay. Oh, my God. So I'm moving back in. So back to the RG3 situation. Yeah. I mean, I get it. People... They have to sell the book. They've got to put something juicy in there. Juicy. But, I mean, the NFL did this big investigation. I would hope that if he had witnessed something or had something to offer, that perhaps he spoke with them about it. Yeah, I know they haven't released that information other than leaking some John Gruden emails and, you know, sabotaging his career. Um, Sabotage. Yeah. But I would think that would have been information that would have been useful to their investigation, right? Yeah. So maybe we'll get some more information Perhaps. about this. Let me Google this really quick to see when this book comes out, Sue. Yeah. Robert Griffin. I don't know why. I thought I saw it. It's not due out for a while. And he was just announcing that he was. it was in the works. I don't think it's completed, is it? Oh, he's got various books out already. Great. Well, or, or about him. Best These are books author. about him. Okay. You follow? I do. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, okay. I can't. I can't peek. I can't. I thought. I thought. I read yeah. It. You know what? Two days ago, the article here says it's been announced he's writing a yeah, book. Right with Gary. Wow. They're they're uh, collaborating on a book. They better. I would get it together this weekend and get it out. <laughs> <laughs> We're interested now. You need it now. Yeah. Don't put it out there if you're not ready to give us. Yes. The, we need it immediate. Everything is immediacy now. now. Right. We need it right, right now. This second. Not only do you need to release it, you need to have rec- already recorded it for books yeah. on tape because I need it in the car and on, in my earbuds on yeah. the train. We need all of that done I immediately. Need it right now. Yes. You have until Monday. But you know what is weird in the in the in the world of uh, lengthy interviews now with like podcasts where we where people you know radio interviews tend to be like ten minutes, fifteen minutes long. Mm-hmm. Podcasts they really sit down with somebody. So now, like with podcasts, when an author or somebody who writes a book sits down for an hour, you're t- pretty much telling me everything in the book. Right, yeah. It's like I the Cliff need... Notes version of the book. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like, there's nothing the host isn't going to ask you in that hour that's big that's in that book. Yeah. So what? So then they and then that then they go well to get their RG three book. You're like, no, I just I, got. Yeah, it. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> you just gave me an hour, an hour and a half on it. Yeah, save I'm me. Covered. Uh, save me the fourteen ninety five or whatever it is. And the months and months it would take me to read it. Yes. Now you keep talking about podcast. You, so you listen to podcasts. I do presume. listen to them. When do you find the time? I have. A, I know you have a lot of time, but you, as we outlined yesterday, spend most of your day listening to WFM. That was not a hundred percent true. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I listen to podcasts on my ride in. I listen to podcasts on my ride home. How you? But you tell me you're listening to Sal on the way. Well, when in. I get in here, I put Sal on in the studio while I'm prepping. Oh, so then I get okay. Sal. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. So on the way in, it's podcasts. In the way in, it's podcasts. And on the way home. On the yeah, way somehow well. you catch Moose and Maggie. I, I don't actually hear a lot of Moose and Maggie. That's mm. the one uh, show that I don't hear because I just yeah. got done with all the sports. But somehow you knew that on Monday and Tuesday they were all breaking. They were breaking down Max Scherzer. Yeah, because I heard on the speakers here. I see. Yeah, so I do. So I, in passing for a few yeah, seconds, I drop in. But then yeah, Cartner Roberts I have on in the background when I'm doing uh, things like uh, eating and cooking my chicken. So I got a lot of I got a lot of talk going on around me. You know what Eating I'm saying? while you're cooking your chicken, while I'm like uh, cooking my chicken, drinking my Metamucil shake, <laughs> things are happening. So <laughs> I got the back. I have it on in the background. Oh man! I like to okay. see what's hot, that sort of thing. Got it. Uh, oh, also tonight, non-sports related, but I'm going to be locked in for this Alec Baldwin interview. 
Where's that? Who's got that? He sits down with uh, George Stephanopoulos from ABC News for a a one-on-one, one-hour special. Heavy hitting. A one-hour special. Another one-hour situation. But I'm interested in that. I'm interested. By the way, George Stephanopoulos is married to Schmoopy from Seinfeld. Are you aware of that? Really? Yeah. I was not aware of that. (laughs) Yeah, George Stephanopoulos, his wife. Is the girl who played Schmoopy on Seinfeld? <laughs> it's amazing how <laughs> many Wentworth. How many people appeared on that show at yes. some, for an episode? You know, and you see them pop up, and you're like, "Wait a second. And I recognize that face. No, it's another sports-related one. Is the woman who's part owner of the Atlanta Hawks? She's oh, the yeah, yeah. can't spare a square girl. Yes, yes. Well, she's done a number of things, but yes, yeah. And she that was, was really she, surprising. Really surprising. <laughs> yeah. That was right, because well, she was the one, didn't she uh, throw Big Zoo out yeah. of the owner's suite last year in the playoffs or she earlier this year? Big Zoo was in the Atlanta Hawks oh, owner's yeah, suite. With the Knicks, yeah, with Knicks gear, she gear, said. Right? Yeah, we can't have this. Hit the Sorry, bricks, get kid. out of here. Yeah, can't spare it. Can't spare can't a square. Can't spare a space in the owner's suite. Get yeah. the hell out. Yeah, so that's on tonight. She's in though. Twister. I got to go. We got cows. Oh, she's in Twister she's, as well. Yeah, she was Bill Paxton's girlfriend, and then he kicks her to the curb to get back with Helen Hunt. Jamie Gertz, I think her name is. Very nice. Now it's a reminder. I actually saw her last summer. I saw her uh, eating lunch on the Asbury Park boardwalk outside. And I walked by. I was like, that woman looks so familiar. And then, That's really surprising. Yeah. And then I walked by a couple times. And I was like, That's the Can't Spare Square Girl. There you go. That's how I know. Eddie's her. questioning our. our uh, recall on Seinfeld, which is really just. What? That's just a. Yeah, it's a. You don't want to do that. No. It's, that's a failing proposition. Between the two of us, we've got... Right. If we had Tommy Luke out, oh, she, was, she was a character in that. In Seinfeld. Oh, okay. You, I, I, was was she in Square Pegs, the show, or no? I don't, that, even I don't know, know what that is. Can't Spare a Square was yeah. a Seinfeld reference a where she wouldn't give Elaine the toilet paper that Elaine needed. Right. Elaine was in the stall. No toilet paper left. Reached under. Yeah, and and she a, said, uh, no, I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I can't spare it. Not a Seinfeld person. Right. Well, that's why for, for you to question us on that is, yeah. is just not wise. There, on almost any other topic, we would, we would you know, yield to you, mm-hmm. the all-knowing, but not in this case. She's yes. also talking dirty to, to uh, Kramer in that Oh, episode. yes. What was her name on that line? Um, that she was on the party line, the yeah, sex the, line. The, the voice, Flinty. <laughs> By the way, she was in Square Peg. There you go. See, he has. See? He was right in a different category. Right, and we were saying Square. Square Peg was a show, like a sitcom, Correct. or yeah, with huh. uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Wow, never heard of it. Me neither. Was that pre or post Sex in the City? Pre. That uh, was pegs. like 1982. Oh, okay. That, hence why I'm not familiar. Got it. The last time Eddie watched TV, 82, <laughs> he's checked out. Since last time he than watched sitcom television. Sitcoms, yeah. yeah now yeah. he does watch yeah. uh, Fakakta football leagues <laughs> and college football and the Dolphins. Uh, by the way, speaking of not Fakakta college football, yeah. but did you uh, listen to the audio of Brian Kelly's big speech to his team? I did not. I was scrolling through social media. And I saw it a bunch of times, and I didn't even have enough because interest to click on everyone's it. everyone's like, you know, we shouldn't pass judgment. The fact that he was only two minutes, maybe he was very emotional and broke down, had to walk out. Yeah, yeah not so much. <laughs> it was just a minute. It was just a soup. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, it was pretty much. Uh, it was uh, like, uh, okay, I put some thoughts together. I'm just going to kind of ramble on here. And it's like he's a, he's a plane circling, looking for you know, the, the clearance to come in for the landing and then get the hell out of there. He's like, couldn't quite figure out how to wrap it up. He's yeah. just kind of going on and on and on with the same again. Thank you. It's been a privilege, been an honor. You know, you guys are destined for great things. And, uh, you know, thanks. He yeah. didn't know how Mike, to get Mike, out. Mike, yeah, thanks. Uh, goodbye. Uh, yeah, goodbye. Have yeah. a Merry Christmas. Goodbye. And he finishes and there's, it's just dead silent, you know, no, and then he's gone. And that's it. <laughs> Now he heads to LSU. Yeah, he had the big presser yesterday down there in Baton Rouge. Oh, he did a press conference uh, introductory that's, that's there? Notre Dame's okay. done. He's introduced at LSU. All right. Yep. And I see Notre Dame's going to go with, I think, the defensive coordinator. Yes, and the, the offensive coordinator, uh, Tommy Reese, former Notre Dame quarterback, because I guess Kelly was trying to take both guys with him. Is that right? Yes, so Notre Dame has stepped in and, I guess, uh, up the contracts of both coordinators to keep nice. them around. So there's a video of the offensive coordinator going in to the meeting room with the players to announce he's, you know, it's on Twitter, but I can't really say anything else about what's going on. But 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 I'm staying. So his his uh, what was the Wolf of Wall Street? But the you know, DiCaprio. What was yeah, the yeah. Jordan uh, Jordan Bell Bell Belfort something like that? Yeah, I'm I'm effing staying. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what that was. 
And there was applause, but it was kind of like muted. You know, yeah, it was kind of yeah, like, okay, yeah, he's staying. I, I guess, guess we'll clap. Cool. The Flyers seem pretty, uh, like, what the hell's going on here? They're like, yeah. whatever. Right. Whatever. Uh, let's take a quick break. Come back. Uh, get you ready for Thursday Night Football Cowboys Saints. Oh, yeah. I've got some uh, Daniel Jones news, Mac Jones news, all the Joneses coming up and Boomer and Geo at the top. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the warm-up show. My name is Al Dukes. I'm with uh, Chris Lepresti. Today we call him CeeLo. Oh, hi there. Got Jerry on. is on vacation. He'll be back Monday. I was yeah, He'll be back He's Monday. Late. I was thinking of Jerry yesterday driving in. Uh, I was, you know, shuffling through my music on the ride in yesterday morning in the wee hours, and I got a notification on my phone in the, the middle of the night. It's, you know, 3.30 in the morning, and all of a sudden I get my Apple Music. Oh, hey, uh, Three Days Grace has a new single out. One of these, you know... Late nineties, early two thousand heavy rock bands that I was into and saw in concert a decade ago or whatever. I think they've changed lead singers. Oh, I'll check this out. Song was called uh, "So Called Life," <laughs> and I put it on and I'm listening to the lyrics and it's like one of these like loud, angry songs. And I just pictured Jerry driving in, listening to the death metal that you know, <laughs> you know, death, die, 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 and that's what it felt like. So I thought of Jerry on my right in. So you um, could write that's a recommended song then for Jerry and his new and a playlist as the new Three Days Grace. I want to find the um, I want to find the lyrics. It's a brand new song because the I want to get the chorus for you and you'll understand what I'm talking. All right, about, but it's such a was new it catchy? Song. Is it are you going to add um, it to your playlist? I might. It all was right. it was it was kind of catchy. I was I was like, all right, it's not terrible. I'll give it another listen here or there. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Brand new song, Alan. These I'll lyrics, read some tweets while you look for that. pages aren't up just yet. Couple oh, quick... Here we... <laughs> you ready? I shouldn't laugh. Um, give me something to take the edge off, something to kick the night off, something to keep my mind off this so-called life. It feels like I want to jump, want to scream, want to run, want to effing put a chainsaw through the wall. Nice, though. Something, uh, <laughs> someone was in a good state of mind when they... <laughs> Took pen to paper. Oh, yeah. Feels like I'm living in a world where everybody's all for none and none for all. That's not so bad. But the chainsaw line, I thought would go like nicely that. on Jerry's calendar. Yeah, Jerry maybe like for that. 2023, because he's already printed for 2022, right. yeah? Yeah, So yeah. maybe we, we put the, tuck that away for, for next year and we get the chainsaw line. All right. There, you know? He's very booked up right now for this uh, the 2022, but maybe 2023. Yeah. Uh, scoreboard Addicts checks in on Twitter, says Al gives zero Fs. You don't lock him out. He locks you out. That's right. And he added Major League Baseball. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I mean. Like, I don't, you, I you keep trying out. to, yeah, but you're like trying to lay this at their feet. Yeah, it's their fault. Just make it, you just, you be the alpha here. You take, take control. Ownership. Yeah, take ownership. You've made your decision. You, you have a clear, clear thought, clear opinion, clear take, not a right. hot take, your own take. No hot takes. And you just go with it. Uh, Martin Larson checking in saying the RG3 book comes out next August. I see. I told you. I thought it was a while. That's about right eight, nine. It's nine months. Yeah. yeah. So Daniel Jones was back at practice yesterday. I'm very confused by all this. I He'll be say. at practice today. He'll be practicing tomorrow, right. even though we were told he has a bad neck. And I thought we were told that Mike Glennon was starting. Right. Well, sort of. We weren't told from the Giants. We weren't. Just to recap. He allegedly gets hurt on the second play of the game Sunday. All right. Finishes the game. There's no word about anything until too late Tuesday, and all of a sudden it's, hey, he's got a neck strain, and Mike Lennon's probably going to start Sunday against the Dolphins. Well, who said that? Tom Pelissero, I believe, had that first from NFL Network. Oh, okay. But then that kind of started to float around on Tuesday night, and everyone, oh, yeah, source confirms. I've heard the same, blah, 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 yada, 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 yada. Yada, yada. I mentioned the bisque. Um and then I'll, I, I think I even said yesterday, I can't wait to see what Joe Judge says about Daniel Jones. And sure enough, it's, you know, he's, he's working through it. He's practiced today. He'll practice Thursday and Friday. And we're not ruling him out yet. So, wait a sec. Wait a second. Wait a second. He's hurt. Glennon's supposed to start. Yet, Jones can practice. What, yes. And then, is this potentially a season-ending injury? I saw um, that, Not too. at this time. What? <laughs> 
what is going on? That what he is won't the deal say with this anything. team? I get that, but like he thinks he's Bill Belichick. But normally you can't mask with the injuries. Like you know, guys are hurt. They usually don't even veterans. They don't practice. Oh, hey. Didn't practice all week, but they're going to work them out Sunday. It'll be game time decision. We get that every week all over the league. Right? They also are they acting like out. they also are acting like uh, Mike Glennon and Daniel Jones are so different. Like the Dolphins won't have any idea how to prepare. Are for they them. acting like that? Yeah, well, they're not telling you because they're like they're trying to keep it a secret from yeah, the Dolphins. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's that. It's just there's something up with this physical situation. I mean, they list, to be fair, they are different quarterbacks. And remember, Mike the, Lennon is a statue in the pocket. Daniel Jones at least can move around, as we know. His legs are one of his you know appealing attributes right now. That's true. There's not much else on that list, but that is one of the things that he can do. What about his pencil neck? That's not working out so good. Mike Glennon's got the pencil neck. No, Daniel Mike Glennon's got a neck. strong neck. No, he doesn't. He's got a he's a man's neck. He's got a neck. long giraffe neck. Yeah. Daniel Jones has some thickness to him thickness? in the neck there. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, guess who's neck doing is his, hurt? He's been doing his shrugs. Guess whose neck is hurt? Well, Daniel Jones. That mobility we just talked about sometimes gets him in trouble. He takes hits. Now, tonight we've got Thursday Night Football. Our own Jerry Recco will be doing pregame, halftime, and postgame on the national call. Compass Media Network. Compass Media National National Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, they're in New Orleans, 820. Uh, the spread here is Cowboys minus four and a half. By the way, we have Westwood One's coverage here on the fan at 8 o'clock, Al. Oh, nice. Just to be clear about yeah, that. Yeah, I'll be checking that out. Sorry, what was the spread again? Four and a half. Four and a half. Cowboys, Cowboys favorite. laying four and a half. Cowboys laying four and a half. On the road. On the road in New Orleans. I don't know why I don't often get feelings uh, for for sports spreads and mm-hmm. sports games. I've had them occasionally over yeah. my lifetime. Have those $5 parlays. Five well, parlays teams. are very difficult. That's mm-hmm. why I only bet $5. Right. I like the Cowboys big tonight. Laying the point. Oh, big. Big. Okay. Big, big, Mari big. Mari Cooper coming back. Mari Cooper's back. Zeke's going to carry that serious load. It's got the big load of yeah. uh, carries tonight. You got uh, Alvin Kamara. Questionable. Currently not expected to play. He's not expected to play. Right. Currently. Uh, currently. Taysom Hill starting at quarterback. With that partially torn plantar fascia. And all that dude wants to do is run. Right. So I'm liking the Just Cowboys like Jones, big. See, these quarterbacks that run, they get hurt sometimes. Exactly. Unless you're Lamar Jackson. Right. Who's a, a stick, but doesn't get hurt. Doesn't get hurt. He gets you know sick why? sometimes. He doesn't get hurt. He probably, you know, I listen to the guys who do uh, jackass the comment, the, uh, the the stunt guys, I mean, jackass guys. Is there anything you don't consume out there? I've consumed it all. God. Uh, and the jackass guys were asked in an interview how they don't get as hurt as they should. With you, listen, some of the wait, you listen to them where? They have a podcast? No, no. Uh, this is probably a stern interview oh, years okay. ago. So years ago. All right. So you listened to an interview. I listened to an you interview. It sound with, like you listen to them regularly. Well, like Johnny Knoxville, when I see he's somewhere, I'll, I'll tune him in. Okay. Steve-O I like. Got it. And they say that, and maybe this is what Lamar Jackson does, maybe does like what the jackass guys do. They say when you're expecting impact that you get injured when you tighten up. Yes, got to be loose. And if you're somehow able to teach your brain to be loose when you know an impact is coming, as the jackass guys do, then they don't get hurt as much. Yeah, pliability. Which is why they also say sometimes with drunk drivers – that get into bad accidents and they somehow survive because they don't even know the impact is coming. Right. That's how They're wasted not bracing. they are. Yeah. Not bracing. So maybe Lamar Jackson and quarterbacks that run and take hits, jackass mentality. You, it makes you wonder, not to speculate, but you wonder about, we were talking about yesterday about Tiger Woods. Yeah. He survives that accident. Not to say he was drunk, but some people have speculated, listen, he was going high speed on a windy road Never made an attempt to break. There's questions about what happened. Right? Did he, he doesn't want to get into it. The police never really said anything. So maybe there's an, an aspect right. of that. So think of he's that. He's not C-Lo. fully alert. So he's not. Oh, I'm about to. You know. Which and, is why little kids, little kids fall down all the time. They don't know they're falling down. They're little kids. Good point Eddie makes. Henry Ruggs. Right. Henry we Ruggs, wondered how right. the hell could you be going over 100 miles an hour? Yeah. And just walk away from that. Yes. Maybe you know. But the trick as an athlete or a jackass guy. Mm. Trick your mind. Gotcha. Trick your mind. Probably applies in a lot of different settings. In scenarios. a lot of different settings, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, over under for tonight's game, Cowboys, Saints, 47 and a half. I I'll take, go under. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the Cowboys and the over. Because, like I said, I expect big things from Dallas. Mm-hmm. Good morning. That? 
good morning. Big things. Zeke's carrying the load. It's indoors. I mean, this has got Serious Cowboys. Load. This has got Cowboys written all over. It. Okay. Usually when you have like a real strong feeling, yeah. probably go the other way. No, no. This is a strong, oh. legit feeling. All right. I see you're reaching for that sports minute. We're not even close to the sports minute time yet. Are no, we? We're, not. we're past told, it. Yeah. Oh. oh. I was told we were. <laughs> all right. Let's get to Amy. Al's checking out on baseball. Amy's not, though. She's got your sports minute. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boomer and Geo in just a moment or so. Uh, Last night I saw this on uh, Twitter. Uh, Drake was at the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder game. They were playing the Rockets, and uh, they put the uh, camera on him, and he gave, like, the the peace sign. Uh Uh-huh sideways peace sign he sure. was sitting courtside and an older gentleman was sitting next to him in a uh in a powder blue shirt white hair like old fella and you could see him lean over to drake and go are you famous <laughs> <laughs> but then i think which was probably great drake was probably excited that he was sitting next to the guy I didn't know who he was it wouldn't bug him yeah. and then i saw other pictures they took photos together after the game that's awesome yeah nice old fella he's probably telling his uh grand kids eh, sat next to some yeah fella named Drake. So did anyone go to Oklahoma City and just blend in with the crowd? Who knew? Yes. Just blend in Toronto with the crowd. for him, not so much. No. No, that uh, he's very famous up Oklahoma there. Oklahoma City. Interesting. Thunder, who, who are they playing? Uh, the Rockets. Thunder Rockets. I wonder yeah, what Thunder brought Rockets. Drake there to Oklahoma City. I don't know. Huh. Uh, did you see Robert Sala feels terrible for the way that uh, he was, uh, unflattering way he talked about Brian Kelly? Yeah, I'm not buying this. Really? Sorry. He says Brian Kelly's a good man. Why give that story and that quote he two, said he three was... years ago? WFAN and WFAN-FM and HD1, New York. An Odyssey station.